You can listen to The Professional Left on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or at our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com, where you can also contribute to this podcast. There's a PayPal button at our website, or you can mail us a letter and or contribution at P.O. Box 9133, Springfield, Illinois, 62791. This is the podcast for March 24th, 2017. It's not safe for work. Recorded live from the global headquarters of the Professional Left Podcast, which actually plays a very limited role in the Professional Left Podcast, it's the Professional Left with Drift Glass and Blue Gal. Spicer. Thanks, John Spicer. We really, when you think about it, from the title of our podcast all the way to uh, just the complete and utter nuclear meltdown of the Trump administration mm-hmm. this week, mm-hmm. press secretary has been very good to us. <laughs> I think Devin Nunes has been very good to us too. Oh yeah, yeah. He's, he's I mean, he will figure prominently in the upcoming epic six-hour professional left podcast. <laughs> holy shit. It's been like a month since last Friday. It has. Every every Friday. week is that way. Every week is that way. And we thought we would wait until um, there was a possible uh, AHCA vote from that was promised to us from Paul Ryan, and then didn't Promise. happen. Hasn't happened yet. But we had a we've had uh, a lot of excitement this week, and yeah, uh, we decided that uh, we were going to go local this week. Very local because local. Uh, the local informs the national, and of course we're going to be talking about everything that's happening in the Republican Congress. But all of it rolls back to what's happening in people's living rooms, what's happening in people's doctor's offices, what's happening yes. uh, all around the country with individuals who are uh, who need health insurance or need education or whatever it is that uh, the Republicans at this moment are just completely uninterested in providing the taxpayer. Right. And uh, and that goes for the state house in Illinois. That goes for your Republican state house, if you are so cursed as to have one. And uh, it certainly goes for the dismantling of everything in yeah. the Trump budget. Uh, so just briefly, I'm going to do a couple brief headlines. Um our governor Rauner decided to um, that he's going to lay off. Get this, yeah, prison nurses. Yeah, because because you, know. you know everybody wants those prison nurse jobs. Yeah, it's it's. And, I've I've uh, I would certainly want to work as a prison nurse. Well, and someone emailed me today about Rauner basically giving large chunks of taxpayer dollars in the state to Amazon um, to open up yeah. warehouses. In uh, places like uh, places that that have state prisons in them, because that uh-huh. is the only job. The only job in some of these rural Illinois communities is state prison. Yeah. And so the fact that Amazon opened a warehouse where people could work and not be at a prison is a huge thing. Right. Well, and, and just to underscore the importance of the prison system in Illinois, oh, yeah. pretty much every Amtrak stop between Chicago and St. Louis mm-hmm. is a prison. As a state prison. Yep. It is. I mean, yep. it, it, there's other a things A state prison there too. or a state university, one of the yes. two. Um, yeah, it's pretty amazing. So uh, I'm not surprised at all that Governor Rauner decided to give Jeff Bezos several million dollars to open businesses he, here in Illinois. Because he's hurting. Bezos is hurting. <sighs> And that wasn't supposed to pay for. We're going to we're going to ask you to buy things from Amazon this week. Because, but, you know, we weren't able to do that three or four years ago because the state of Illinois was at war with Amazon over tax revenue. Right. And now that's been resolved. And so we can raise money for our podcast via Amazon sales. And I have to say, in Jeff Bezos's defense, he is using his money to hire actual reporters for The Washington yeah. Post. Not yes, that I is. love all their columnists, but uh, he hired a bunch of actual go down to the Congress and report on what's happening people. Shoe leather. Human beings uh-huh. uh, to do that work. So, you know, that doesn't mean that he treats his warehouse workers fairly or that he's not a billionaire or anything along those lines. Uh, the other headline in that same paper on that same page as the prison nurses getting layoff notices, which, by the way, they're going to privatize that job. That there's going to yeah, be a these are all suit. union jobs. These are union jobs. These are all, 
These are all union jobs, and and his governor hedge fund's number one priority is busting busting unions. unions. So bust he unions. wants to replace them with scabs, <laughs> and uh, there's going to be a lawsuit, and we'll see what happens. But on that same page, uh, Governor Rauner uh, on Tuesday unveiled a broad-based cybersecurity plan because uh, he doesn't want anyone breaking into <laughs> yeah. state government servers. Which, given what is happening with the Trump administration, I find uh, a little ironic. Uh, the other, the other uh, headline that I have a physical newspaper for in front of me, and do subscribe to your local newspaper, that's important. Um, and it is a way to bypass Fox News if the news gets covered the way it should. Now, a lot of yeah. local newspapers like this, like ours, just uses Associated Press for its national news and writes the headlines, and the headlines can either be good or bad. And we've certainly found that out this week with, um, you know, Congress passing. Uh, it was no, it was the Senate. Excuse me, the Senate passed a bill that allows uh, ISPs to sell your private information, right? And the headline was: yeah. Senate passes this bill. The vote was fifty Republicans yes, forty eight Democrats no. <laughs> yeah, no. The Senate, the Senate is didn't technically do the, anything. The Republicans in the Senate did this. Right. It's the building in which they all work. Right. But the Republicans are the ones who voted to sell your private information. Right. To uh, let ISB so let sell your ISB private information. Sell your private information. And you're yeah. not going to hear Without about that you. on any cable news network that owns an ISP. So, right. um, or that is owned by an ISP. Often mm -hmm. that's the case. All right, uh, headlines. And we do, well, just, just one quick point. We do have local reporters here, too. Oh, yeah, we do. We, they're actual local, you know. And uh, you're on a first-name basis with them at the city council meeting, so. <laughs> usually. But uh, it's just it's just to let you know, there there is an actual local, it leans way too hard to the right for my taste. Yeah. yeah. But um, we have actual reporters here who do actual reporting with notepads and pens. Yep. And so, and, and they need to be supported. They mm -hmm. really deserve and that's why we have a you know copy of the local paper delivered every day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, and the last headline is at the state capitol. State learns it could lose forty billion dollars in Medicaid. Uh -huh. And forty billion with a B. Yeah, that the uh, state government, the state house committee, uh, met with an expert, asked an expert to testify. And it was a person, one of the testifiers was from the Illinois Health and Hospital Association, you know, which is a lobbying group for hospitals, right? right? Okay, that, right. We're, not, we're not trying to sugarcoat this. There are definitely moneyed interests involved in all of this going on, which is why ACA took so long, to real, which is a genuine bill that actually made a difference. That's why it takes a long time to craft policy like that. And if you get all of the stakeholders and all of the lobbyists and all of the Catholic priests on board, which is what Pelosi did, she got the Catholic priests to come to her office and okay this, uh, then it, t it takes a long time. And it is complicated, which the president, um, so-called president, learned in the past two weeks. Healthcare is complicated. Uh, but this... Uh, particular stakeholder said, yeah, this is going to be a disaster for Illinois. We're going to close hospitals. We're going to close clinics. We're going to lose jobs. And people are not going to be healthier. And uh, the CBO has been, has actually revised their numbers last night to, yep. what is it, 58 million people are likely to lose their health insurance <clears throat> in 10 oh, years. So Some some ridiculously high number. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know what, but it's hard to keep track. And here's why this week has been for future generations who are, you know, looking back on these things, this week has just been nuts. Yeah. And the constant um, bartering mm -hmm. between the the hobgoblins of the Freedom Caucus in the House who just want poor people to die. Well, they and, and let's be clear, all of them were elected to the House since 2010, 2010 oh, yeah, or yeah. after. No. So they've never uh, known a campaign. They've never known a, an electorate. They've never known an, a media that isn't about anything. that isn't about destroying Barack Obama. Right. Their entire political psychology right. is all about how much pain can we inflict on the black president. Right. It's all we know how that's to do. That's all job. we want to do. And that's their that job today. Even though he and and I feel so so much like repeating, which I shouldn't. I should never do. 
but repeating what Michelle Malkin said in 2009. You know, she just kept saying to George Stephanopoulos, well, George Bush isn't president anymore. Get right. over it. He's not president anymore. We don't have to talk about what George Bush, Bush did. Barack Obama is the most, uh, you know, terrible president in history. <laughs> and then he'd been She's... in office for three months. You know, yeah. read my well, book. <laughs> that, that unfortunately, yeah. uh, only works when you're a Republican. Yeah, exactly. So saying to someone, the, the amazing... The amazing dichotomy is conservatives saying he won, get over it, and then not getting over the fact yeah. that Barack isn't president anymore. Oh, and, and on a deep – well, they they, can't, they have nothing else yeah. because yeah. this this uh, Trump has been a, a monumental disaster yeah. since day one. Day one. And, and a completely predictable one. Predi- we all knew this would happen if he was Of course elected. it was going to happen. Everyone a said he was. A completely predictable fiasco. And they have painted themselves into this, such a weird – ideological corner mm-hmm. that they and who they've repeated again i i'm sure they'll they'll wiggle out of it because getting out of the messes that they create is what republicans they're very good do. at that <laughs> all they do they have a billion friends in the media they have an entire political party d- dedicated to fucking things up an and unlimited then, pocketbook uh, and then and then skating when the yeah. bill comes due right and they have an entire political party who's who will be right behind them on the figure skates just yep. speed skating you know the hell away from the disaster they created yep. they do it over and over and over and over again so what of course we on the left need to do is jam a stick into the bike spokes yeah, yeah. stop them from doing that say no no you you own this shit now yep. and that's that'll happen when you and i have our own tv network and we are <laughs> massively influential media moguls but well, i now, can't wait for chuck schumer or a, some democrat in the house to once this dust has settled and and Donald Trump has moved on to tax cuts for billionaires, yeah. should he last so long, uh, be introducing some sort of legislation that does help those people that are on those stupid bronze plans and have these really high deductibles yeah. and phases those out in favor of lower deductible plans that they can actually use at a, mm-hmm. at a reasonable cost. And that means increasing subsidies and right. increasing spending on that. Which I, I just can't wait because they're whining and whining and whining about, you know, there's only one one health insurance company in several states. It's only the states where the Republican governor did not expand Medicaid and did not uh, form a marketplace, right? Those are the only places where there's only one insurer. So you get to that point of, okay, you have been talking about this terrible, terrible problem with Obamacare now since you, since... Trump came into office. Here's a bill that will help to fix that. Let's try to fix that. Let's have hearings on how to fix that. Do you think there's any interest in actually genuinely fixing that problem? Oh, God, no. No. No, no, no. no. And, but here's the thing. It, it's the reason that this was targeted, target dated for the seventh anniversary of the Affordable Care mm-hmm. Act. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason that yesterday was not the eighth anniversary of the Affordable Care Act is because Barack Obama did not ram through health care in, in a day, yes, exactly. Uh, and believe me, I was at the uh, those um, uh, uh, issue meetings mm-hmm. that President-elect Obama was holding all across the country. Yeah, uh, the platform meetings. Yes, right. And I went to the one that was, I think, it was Energy. It was up in Evanston. It was a, a doctor uh, has a, had a big old condo up there. It was a big Obama supporter from way back. But he said, and I believed him, that he was one of the advisors of the. Healthcare plan, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that Obama had a healthcare plan in his hand, ready, you know, turnkey. He said, "I worked with Ted Kennedy. I worked with all these guys building this thing. It's turnkey. We go in, we pass it, we move on. Boom, 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 boom." So I don't think they were planning on spending a year. No, they thought this to, was one you know, of those first hundred day bills right. that goes through, and, and, right? And that they I assume because Barack Obama never learned the lesson of Harold Washington, right, right. <laughs> that he he was shocked when he turned around and found Joe Lieberman sticking a knife in his back, right. Right. Uh, but he, all that happened. So yeah. but they spent a year getting this thing, um, holding public hearings and having a million town halls and Barack Obama going to their goddamn stupid retreat and saying every single fucking day, I, I don't care whose name is on this. I don't care what it looks like. Here are the outcomes we have to have. Mm-hmm. Come to me with a better plan to achieve these outcomes and you can have it. I will yeah. back it. He's He has said, look, if Donald Trump shows up. With a better plan that achieves, you know, more number of people insured for less cost, I will get out there and sell it for you. Yeah, yeah. But they were never interested in that at they're all. They're interested in the outcome. Shit yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah. And they're, they're interested in fucking over the black president. Mm-hmm. And, and now making that he's gone, liberals mad and and having a quote unquote win 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a on game. That day. It's a game. So they, they on that day. So people, yep. people who've been dicking around, who've been who've been running on this for seven years, have you know in two weeks decided they throw together a bill because they never thought that they'd catch the car. Right. And and that's where we are. Mm-hmm. And and that's why I don't know if it's fifty eight million or thirty four million or twenty eight million. What is because. They have been pulling out chunks and sho- shoving in. We don't know what the bill is. No, Chris Hayes tweeted long. this morning. Uh, we're going to have a vote this afternoon at three thirty, and we don't know what's in the bill still. Yeah, and because last night they were, pulling, later. Yeah. they were pulling out maternity care and hospitalization yeah. and, and a, whole, a whole room full of men, right. white white men pulling out maternity care. Who yeah. needs maternity care? Yeah. My if my if my <laughs> my mistress has a baby, that's her problem. Um, <laughs> I don't think they thought it out that far. No, you know? they're just a bunch of old white assholes who want their fucking tax cuts right. and don't really care who dies to give it. But they have been they have been conceding things to the uh, hobgoblin, you know, ghoul caucus, the freedom caucus, all night long, yeah. and they've been just playing and trading and moving things around that obviously will have would have gigantic effects on the CBO scoring of the bill without ever, you know, nailing anything down because it's right. all a negotiation. It's all up in the air all the time, except they have a deadline. And the deadline was yesterday because they wanted to be able to piss on Obama's political grave mm-hmm. on the anniversary of passing this bill. Right. Because they, re- they, they, as someone said, and I don't know who, they hate Obama more than they love anything. Right. Right. And they really want it. there's a there's this um scene from the Ten Commandments where uh where Sethi uh banishes Moses. You know? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, let his name be struck from every obelisk. Let his name be wiped from and that's really what they want to do. They want him gone from history. Mm-hmm. Because he was black and he was not a Republican and he made them look like fools and he he basically uh, ran over them on the court all day long. He yeah. made he beat them at their own game for eight straight years, and he made some big mistakes. And we're not going to dwell on that in this show because this show is all about how the Republican Party is setting itself on fire live on television yeah, every day. every day for the last fucking week, using a different brand of gasoline each day. Some <sighs> days it's treason. Some yeah. days, sometimes it's healthcare. Seriously. So, uh, but I know you wanted to move on to a comparison between schools in our yeah. Just to get to these other two local sure. stories. Um, this wonderful article in Governing Magazine about how um, government, and I, I want to talk about this because I <laughs> I got a tweet today from a Tea Partier saying government has no role in healthcare. And, and I, I want to underscore, I want to underscore something. Yeah. Yes, we do subscribe to Governing yes, Magazine. Yes, we do subscribe to Governing so Magazine. We've talked about uh, that before. Yeah, we're that big nerds. Uh, the the uh, you know government has no role in healthcare, and I said, yeah, everyone in your entire family celebrates their 65th birthday by rushing to the Medicare office. You know, just remember that. Uh, this idea of anti-government and shutting down government and and being uh, opposed to big government. Um, when government works, it's because people are doing something for people. Yes. And this particular story. Uh, is about healthcare in Trump country. Yes, yeah, this is rural this, Kentucky. This and this, this is why I love this story. I'm so mm-hmm. glad that you you pulled this out because this could apply equally well and does apply equally well to any um, poor community anywhere. Inner city, Baltimore, Chicago, anywhere, anywhere, anywhere you go, Appalachia, wherever this works. This is how you fix the problem. This is how you fix it. Uh, this is about navigators, as we talked about last week. Navigators. Mm-hmm who help people access health care. The program in Kentucky is called Home Place. Home Place has become an innovative model for serving people in poor rural areas. At its heart is the advocacy position. This is the person that they hire. The government hires them, and they mm-hmm. have a job. You enroll in the program, and you are matched with a community health worker. That person is someone who is born and raised in the community. That's really important, okay? Yep. So when you're dealing with a rural community, one of one of the things they've been doing or wanting to do in community colleges is find African Americans who will become uh, interns, nurses, uh, be be trained for a year to be able to draw blood and give shots, right? Right. So that you can do diabetes testing and you can immunize people. And And, get people into the bureaucracy. Right, right. Get them into that, to the healthcare system. It's it's not just, it's not really so much as a bureaucracy as get yourself a primary care physician. Exactly. Which is incredibly daunting for For some people. For a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and we've talked about this before, that there are people in, 
the an African American community in Baltimore who are across the street from Johns Hopkins mm-hmm. and don't have mental access to walk into that building and ask to be cared for because that's John Hopkins and it's going to cost me a lot. And I, there's no one there who is the same color as me, who is they're all way above my educational level. Right. Uh, and and it's it's the barriers are not just physical. There are mental barriers. To, and that's why it's so important that these navigators be like you. People like people like themselves. Exactly. So here you have Kentucky, this woman who wears flip flops to work. Um, there's a picture of her walking on the porch and she looks like she could be visiting you for a picnic. OK, yeah, not just exactly. not there to tell you how to do stuff with your health. Um, she's there to visit. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this person is born and raised in the community. The health worker can assist with any number of things that might affect a person's well-being, from getting them eyeglasses to helping them with food assistance to making sure they make their medical appointments. These seem like small problems for many people, says one healthcare worker. But I know I've made the process that much easier for our clients. And the results from this program are absolutely amazing. They are saving so much money. <laughs> In terms, ah. of, in terms of <laughs> getting having people not go to emergency rooms because right. they have their diabetes medication, they have their heart medication, they are being uh, looked in on so that you aren't finding people, you know, half dead and needing to go to the ER because no one saw them in a, in three weeks. And this yeah. is what Meals on Wheels does. Exactly. This is what and and we had when I when the kids were very young. Um, and the, the the state of Illinois had a budget. <laughs> um, in in the elementary schools, they had what was known as a f- uh, parent educator. That's what they called them, uh-huh. the parent educator. What the parent educator was was a social worker. Don't don't even sugarcoat it. it she, yeah, was, no. she was a social worker, a case manager, case management social worker. Yeah, and it was her job if. The kid wasn't coming to school and you went over, they would go over and visit the home, not as a truant officer, but to see what the matter was. Half the time it was because their dad had gone to jail or the power had been turned off or the water had been turned off or someone was really sick or any, any number of things could happen in a family dealing with poverty oftentimes where, and you know, 20% of uh, children in this country are in poverty, but when you look at public school systems, it's higher mm-hmm. than that because you're talking yeah. about just take the white flight schools out of it, right? right. Take the suburban right. schools out of it. Now you're talking about a 70 to 80 percent poverty rate within these public schools. And so the reason they're not coming to school is, hey, you know, they somebody has a crisis. And well, I mean, parent and, educator's you know, job to, to try to find some way to resolve a situation so the child's back in school. So- Someone changed mom's shift at Walmart. Right, right. Boom. That that much. Transportation's gone. Right. Uh, the the car had the car broke down. Car broke down. Yep. Um, suddenly everything is out the window because mom has to keep her job. Right. And right. the tenuous link between her and economic viability has been broken yet again. Yep. So everything has to be sacrificed to that. Right. What what happened for me? And I was a single mom at that time. Mm-hmm. Um. And it, it, I didn't need a parent educator to come and get my electricity turned back on. But I had a situation where middle child got out of school at three and I was in um, I was going to be in a meeting about oldest child who has autism at three o'clock. And that's when they needed the teachers needed to meet after school. Right. So what am I going to do? I'm a single mom. I don't know anybody in town. Parent educator went and picked up my middle child from her school and brought her to the middle school so that junior dude could meet. Everyone was there, you know. Right. But I didn't have an extra car and an extra parent and an extra person to do that. Mm-hmm. Those jobs got cut as soon as Rauner went in. Right. Because the money was no longer being shared with the, with the, you know, the school board ran out of money. And what goes first is not textbooks, is not no. – Classroom activities, you, you cut administrative staff as to right. the bone, and, and this parent educator is considered administrative staff. Mm-hmm. Not critical, and that's just amazing to me because it is so critical. So here are all these positive stories, and uh, just one last sentence about these Kentucky uh, health care workers. 
Um, we've discovered the missing link, and that's a person on the healthcare team that makes sure a client has what they need outside of the clinic. If a mom doesn't have shoes for her kids, she's not likely to get a pap smear. Uh, hold on, that there's one other part here. I'm sorry. That's okay. Just just so everyone knows, about an hour ago, uh, we were both running around going, "Fuck." Where's this article? <laughs> we have no time. We go. Yeah. Where did the yeah. Where did the day go? Where did the week go? Well, yep. it, you know, you work for Crooks and Liars, and I work two part time jobs, and I yep. do my writing and blogging as well. So, yep. you so, look up. So and, the, the last sentence from this article: uh, This healthcare worker that they interviewed said, after just a year with the program, this healthcare worker has several positive stories to share. She notes one proud moment of arranging for free medication for a client, a medication that can run up to $10,000 a month. When I bump into clients at the grocery store and they introduce me to their family, I know I've made a difference. Yep. It's people. It's, it's people. Always- it's connecting with people. Okay, and then uh, I just mentioned schools. Um, right. Wonderful article in this week's paper on Wednesday. This one you, you read to me and I said, Oh, this my has God. To this, <laughs> this has, has to, to go in the podcast. Because it has the perfect line, but I'm not going to spoil it. <laughs> you go, uh, go for this it. This is from a section of the paper called Voices, and it's the Voices section of the paper is written by high school students. And so they contribute and, and get their name in the paper and all of that. Uh, writing, you know, about homework help or writing about uh, anxiety about applying to colleges or whatever it is, just whatever's on their mind. And it is, uh, they get a lot of guidance from teachers and obviously from someone at the newspaper because these articles are really well written and <clears throat> and copy edited for sure. Um, but the one that was on was this week is they took six girls. They were all girls, Driftglass. Uh. Um, <laughs> I didn't notice that before, but they were all girls. And they were at six different schools in the area, uh, high schools, middle schools. And um, they switched schools for a day, uh, two, two by two, three different, art, three different sets of articles, two girls switching schools and, and writing about their experience at a different school. And uh, they were really conscious about how they did it because they took the white flight school and traded with the downtown school. They took... The school with the fairly bad reputation for gang violence back in the 70s, a school which, by the way, has really turned itself around, and traded with um, the Catholic school in town. And uh, so we were talking about this. I was reading this article to you. The one that that we picked to share with you is uh, Springfield's High School is the down the big downtown school. Uh, right. My kids don't go there. They go to Southeast, which is a little further out, not suburban by any stretch oh. of the imagination. But Springfield High School is right downtown, like yeah. blocks from the state house. Uh, and uh, it's a big school. It's it's really large. Big um, and old, physically old. And physically old. They're all physically old. But they're mm-hmm. this. Yeah, it is an old building. Uh, and they traded with Rochester. <laughs> and Rochester, when I moved to the Springfield area and started looking for a house, seeing the ads that said, Rochester schools, Rochester schools, you can buy a house and be in Rochester Uh schools. It's the white flight, wealthy, suburban, out, 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 you know, 15 miles out of the city, uh, get away from the problems, right? You know what the problems are? For those of you who are fans of Parks and Rec, it's Eagleton. Eagleton. (laughs) Why do you you fill your your pools with Avion water? Hydration is so important. (laughs) (laughs) It It is that. Okay. You bought everyone on town HBO? Why are you paying for free TV? It's not TV. It's, it's HBO. HBO. <laughs> and really, that's that's who they are. That's who they And they have are. a beautiful school, a gorgeous school. Well, and that, and that's the point, is this, this student was went to Springfield for the day. And one of the differences between my school, I'm reading from the article, Rochester High School and Springfield, is not everyone at Springfield has their own Chromebook. <laughs> but in Rochester... Everyone gets their own Chromebook in fourth grade. Sure. All right. They can take it home. They can take it to class. They can have their homework on it. It is all uh, there. The obvious difference between Springfield and Rochester, Springfield's lack of Chromebooks. Uh, We first got Chromebooks when I was a freshman, so I've never been in a high school without a Chromebook. Sure. At Springfield, nobody had a Chromebook hanging from their shoulder in the hallways. 
mundane everyday worksheets were completed on paper rather than in Google Classroom. And long book reports had to be handwritten on notebook paper. You can spot the Rochester students in the morning uh, doing their little march going, this is my Chromebook. There are many like it, but this one is mine. (laughs) Full metal jacket reference. No extra charge. Absolutely no extra charge. Anyway, okay. that's it's you know here here it's... here is what we we know as the money quote right yeah yeah not everything about Springfield was bad. I visited on International Women's Day and in the Human Geography class they were discussing a chapter on gender inequality. Uh-huh. The teacher, Mr. Taylor, explained very matter of factly that there was real political and economic gender inequality in the United States and in the whole world. The textbook had maps and charts to further demonstrate the point. At Rochester, we aren't taught about gender issues that way. If we discuss inequality at all, it's a debate in which one side will argue that gender inequality is a problem and the other side will say it isn't. Uh (laughs) We don't deal in black and white facts. We deal in opinions and arguments. While I enjoy a good debate, it was interesting to hear a teacher just lay out all the facts. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> oh, they cracked you know, us both up. Where, where the David Brookses and Matthew Dads of the future are coming from on Rochester. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because it's, it's an incredibly conservative school. It's yep. monochromatic. It's almost all white, I believe. It is. It is. Um, and it's uh, and they don't talk about, you know, they're very polite, but they don't talk about controversial issues like, you know, anything. We don't ever talk about inequality because everyone here is white and lives in Rochester, right? That's right. Yes, yes. And so and- we would be shocked to find that, you know, everybody doesn't have a Chromebook. Oh, my God. Right. But that is what's now what is interesting about that to me is um, there is an escape hatch for uh, people also in the Catholic school community and Catholic schools. Here there are two um, uh, there. The SHG is uh, Sacred Heart Griffin is the high school that's Catholic. Uh, But to be fair, um, those Catholic those two Catholic schools in town do uh, a lot of recruiting in the African-American community and yes, they do. provide scholarships and make sure there's a diverse student body. Yes, so it's, it, I'm not saying they don't teach, you know, they aren't taught by nuns and they don't have a lot of, you know, the education is going to be very different than it would be right. at Springfield high school. Uh, but the monochromatic part of it isn't there for sure. Yeah. It was interesting to hear a teacher lay out facts instead yeah. of debating, you know, there is, Let's hear the other side that says there is no gender inequality. But but you could really I mean this is this is what when we were just kicking this this around because mm-hmm. this is what we do. Our podcast is actually a slightly artificial version, um, trimmed down to um, as as quick as an hour minus whatever blather I'm going on about David Brooks about. Yeah, no, you're they are getting an hour of what we talk about all week. Right, yeah. but this is really how our house is. This is our this conversation, is, and this is how we talk to each other. Yeah, yeah we do. But it was such a uh, it was such an incredibly I thought important point to make because you and I also talked about uh, just because I went to meetings and workshops this week that were mm-hmm. unusual. Um, what's our product? What do we provide to our listeners that mm-hmm. they would not ordinarily have? And that's sort of the thing that we're interested in hearing back from you about. But part of it is, look, the stuff that happens in your life really does map directly to national politics, right? Right. Um, exactly. The, the, the big scary things that are happening in Washington, the big cuts and, and, and massive changes to tax structure have a direct effect on your town, the hospital in your town, the, the, the cancer treatment your family is getting, the drugs your kids are getting, mm-hmm. the education your kids are getting. And the way children are taught, the way people are th- taught to think about ideas um, becomes our national dialogue. So if you've been taught, uh, you know, nobody's really right or wrong. <laughs> There's two sides to everything. <laughs> no, there's not. There's often that is simply not true. Yeah. Um, versus, and I, I appreciated the fact that the student who wrote this found it refreshing that, oh, there's facts. And yeah. those facts are simply what they are. And mm-hmm. the teacher could back up what they say. Yep. Um, but there, there is over and over again, you see, the fact that the, the governor hedge fund wants to cut a bunch of union jobs yep. uh, of, of people who provide direct human services to people who are locked up behind bars, you know, yeah, just the yeah. toughest, toughest people to serve. Yeah. Um, and that there is a magic bullet for healthcare out there. Yeah. 
and it's people. It's the yeah. it's the yep. first thing Republicans want to cut is that is the thing that's most helpful to the most people. Yeah. And it really does matter um, what goes on out there. Yep. And and that when you are attacking government, when you are saying we don't need government, mm-hmm. what you were saying is we don't need a structure in which people help people because we don't believe in society. We are white guys who don't need anyone to help us except our own people, our own tribe. There, no, there's an article in Vox. I don't uh-huh. usually promote Vox. Uh, and I'll provide the link in the podcast. But it's a very long article about tribal epistemology mm-hmm. um, or epistemic tribalism. And it, it talks about – and it's long and it's, it's, it's involved and it has a lot of links and a lot of charts. And it's basically what we've been talking about on this podcast for seven years, which is once upon a time – uh, a long time ago, there was this belief that both sides, all sides, will contend in an arena. And within that arena, there will be facts. Mm-hmm. And there will be a fence around the arena that will be our institutions. So that we're not going to, you know, we're not going to tear up the floorboards of democracy to win. Right. And we're, and both sides go in, all sides go in, they contend in the arena, and they, they, they constantly, every two years, every four years, they fight. But that's the structure. Mm-hmm. Along came... Rush Limbaugh. And, and they said this has been going on a long time. This goes back to the Birch Society much, much longer than that. But along comes everybody from Rush Limbaugh to Breitbart that says, no, 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 no. The arena itself is corrupt. Right. Right. And everyone involved in the production of news, everyone involved in government, everyone involved in opinion making, everyone involved in every institution, they're all part of the liberal conspiracy. From Limbaugh forward, and it goes back a little bit further than that, but from Limbaugh forward has been on the right. No, the arena itself is corrupt and we need to burn the whole fucking thing down. Mm-hmm. And so liberals are still – a lot of liberals and certainly a lot of Democrats and way too many people in the Beltway are still pretending that we're going to have this polite you know, Marquis of Queensbury mm-hmm. uh, fight in a, in a structured arena. And mm-hmm. they're not getting it through their head that the people that they're fighting against don't believe in the institutions at all. Right. They believe right. if if news comes through NBC, ABC, CBS, whatever, that disagrees with their bigotry and paranoia, then it must be a lie. Mm-hmm. And they simply – the only thing that matters to them is tribal affiliation. And that is simply not true on the left. Yes, exactly. Our, our, you know, we have an affiliation with a fidelity to the truth. Mm-hmm. We care about the facts. They don't. And so that's why. Well, we had that moment this week when that guy from Politico said, and, and they were, this has very, been very interesting how Rush, I'm sorry, Donald Trump has made it possible for the mainstream media to have to talk about Fox News and to have yeah. to talk about Breitbart and whether it's true. It's true or not. Mm-hmm. And, and that's on the news. 11th hour, that's news. And on the 11th hour this week, there was a guy from Politico who was saying, look, Fox News and Donald Trump is getting this stuff from Breitbart and getting this stuff from right wing media, which has been this way for decades of just lying. Lying, lying, just lying, just lying. And, and being in this bubble of there are no facts outside of what you hear within this media structure. And then he said, of course, progressives probably do that, too. Yeah. And well, that's... I took to Twitter and a whole lot of people joined me just saying, have you noticed what happens when Rachel Maddow gets a semicolon wrong right. on the left? There is a commitment to accuracy on the left that, mm. to a fault, sometimes gets a little bit annoying of picking at things, right? Of you didn't have this right. Where It's all Twitter. It's called Twitter. It's called whatever it is. There are, there are times when people are really straining at gnats, as they say, uh-huh. and swallowing camels. Uh, but the the point is that there isn't both sides doing this. this there no. isn't a both sides bubble here. This People come to our podcast hungry for somebody to just say, people need health insurance. Yeah. And affordability is good. And Yes, there are problems with the Affordable Care Act that we need there to are. fix. And let's fix those. And we can talk about what's wrong with it. And well, we can talk about what's wrong with... We could spend an hour easily talking about what was wrong with the Obama administration. Of we course. could easily and, do that. And we have. And we have. So I want to get into the Smirconish countdown because yeah, that's what say, this there, was. <laughs> there's, a, there's an interval that yeah. we... It's, it's now... Got a name. <laughs> um, it's now, it now has a name for the Smirconish countdown. And this is where... Uh, I'm tooling around town listening to the radio 
or my wife is listening to the radio or we're sort of, you know, scanning across multiple news domains, listening for what we're going to, what influences our world, what we're going to talk about, what we're going to blog about. And up comes Michael Smirkanish, uh, who is, you know, an independent now, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, everybody, everybody on the right is now an independent. Every fucker, every Matt Dowd, David Brooks, they're all fucking independents now. But they all sound the same. And you can, at the end of a sentence in which, and this, I literally did this, in the car with uh, Junior Dude. And I swore, and then I, I apologize for swearing to him. Um, up comes this sort of, I believe, an analysis of information bubbles. Okay. You know, the the idea that we're in, you know, when you're inside this, you don't listen to anyone else. And, and he just went through chapter and verse of how Donald Trump, I believe it was a Time Magazine article. Maybe it, it might have been that. Where it's just facts don't fucking matter. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, it's I read it on the thing. Then it was Judge Napatano and he got it from the he, Susie got it from him. But I still believe it. And it's just this absolute cloud of, of deliberate um creepy fascistic delusion and then 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 that sentence ended and i went three two one <laughs> and just like fucking clockwork of course progressives do much of the same thing mm-hmm. and liberals do the same thing and you know really it's it's a problem on the extremes on both sides <laughs> and i said very loudly and junior dude was there to fuck you yep and and I, and, sorry, sorry. And sorry, 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 <laughs> but I said, Jesus Christ, it is abs. It, there is a contract mm-hmm. these people have with the people that own the network. It is painfully clear that they are owned by the balls, that if Smirkanish weren't willing to uh, spit <laughs> out those three words at the end of a sentence, he yep, wouldn't have a the Democrats. Job. Yep. He wouldn't yep. have a job. It's really clear that Matt Dowd would be fired tomorrow from ABC News if he didn't every fucking time say it's the corrupt duopoly. Mm-hmm. It's always the corrupt duopoly. And I know I say this all the time. And I'm and, and again, once our burgeoning media empire reaches the point where I can actually make them listen to us <laughs> or get an audience or sit because yeah. this is the thing that occurred to me yesterday. There's no venue to discuss any of the things you and I talk about. No. Any, I mean, on the left there is, but there is no, there's a shitload of roundtables and workshops and power, you know, power panels on the Sunday shows, and there's MSNBC, and there's all kinds of venues where groups of people sit around and talk about shit. Most of them are nonsense. Most of them are puppet shows. Mm-hmm. But there is literally no place other than a few little flickers in the dark where people can sit down and say, look, it isn't fucking both sides. What the hell is wrong with you? And and find someone, some disgruntled camera person at MSNBC mm-hmm. who has who's tired of having to film Joe Walsh. Joe <laughs> Walsh is on MSNBC, Walsh, people. Deadbeat, the guy that Lawrence O'Donnell screamed at and threw off a show and said, this fucker's never coming on my television again. Joe Walsh is now a, a valued contributor at MSNBC. Charlie Sykes, who's, who was basically a little Rush Limbaugh for 20 years, is a valued contributor and now has his own radio show called Indivisible. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. These people are, are being recycled on purpose yeah. by people who make corporate decisions. And I would just like for one person, just one at some network level above me speculating from the middle of a cornfield to say, yes, you're right. Phil Griffin is a giant asshole. And Phil Griffin, part of his business plan is that you can never run down Republicans exclusively. The price you pay for having Rachel Maddow, even though it takes her an hour to land the fucking plane sometimes, (laughs) is Joe Scarborough. The price you pay for Joy Reid is Charlie Sykes. Mm -hmm. The price you pay – oh, oh, and I I want someone somewhere in the corporate structure, someone who got fired – Someone who might be teaching school now, someone who has a different job to come forward and say, yeah, that's the deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it obviously is. It's painfully obvious. There's no reason on God's earth why Joe fucking Walsh is on MSNBC. Well, ever. but but Chuck Todd has said that on a couple of occasions when he's been either with comedians or off on some podcast mm-hmm. somewhere, that this is entertainment. And it is our job to entertain people from every stripe, from every background so that they are not offended by our content. And that's his job. I want to get back to um, our hero of the week, Devin Nunes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Devin has done more 
for um, Truth Nunez. and Justice this week. Nunez, excuse me. Uh-huh. Nunez has done more for uh, Truth and Justice by being incompetent. Yeah. Or uh, he is. He has rolled that stone over the hill to uh-huh. where we need, you know, John McCain's now calling for an independent prosecutor, right? Uh, or an independent commission or whatever it's going to be. Um, Devin Nunes is an idiot. Uh, oh, but uh, Drift Glass, yeah, yeah. he's also a published author. I know. This, this bothers me. Um, his book is called Restoring the Republic, a Clear, oh. Concise, and Colorful Blueprint. For America's future, and it was published by WorldNet Daily. Oh, I want to hurt. Urge to self harm, <laughs> rising, rising. <laughs> yep. Uh, in two, in 2015, when Barack Obama came to uh, California, his home state, and he's a farmer, by the way. Um, sure. Yeah. Uh, to he's also one of the least uh, wealthy people in Congress. He's really, really down, like in the 330s. His net worth is only like $51,000, and it's all in this winery that apparently has some Russia connection. I am not making that up. Uh, not making that up. Uh, I've read that on Twitter. Oh, I'm not going to go there because I don't have a lot of proof, but that's what I hear. Okay. Uh, fun. But while Barack Obama was in uh, California uh, talking about the drought and looking at these um, – black balls that they have floating on the the water supply to keep the water from evaporating in the right. in with these reservoirs that are really really low and all that stuff. Uh the quote from Devin Nunes in 2015, global warming is nonsense. Huh. He's on the oil committee in the house and here's the blurb from his book. Nunes has seen firsthand how the convergence of big government, big business and the radical left that's me has wreaked havoc on entire communities turning the once thriving farmland of the San Joaquin Valley into a blighted desert reminiscent of the dust bowl wow but global warming is nonsense wow yeah well and again he he's hey look here's now, a check from world net daily well that's what i want to know do you think that whole thing about the convergence of big government big business and the radical left was that written by nunes or was that written by a world net daily editorial intern you're 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 assuming that there's a difference. <laughs> they are all World Net Daily editorial they're interns. All, they are, they're all I mean they're all the same people. They're all the same creature. They all share. Uh, this is a, a Photoshop I did today um, of the uh, of the um, Shadow King. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. They're from all Legion from Legion from Legion. Yeah. You know the the devil with the yellow eyes. They're all the same people. They're mm-hmm. all the same fucking people. They all speak like Paul Ryan. Uh, some of them don't know how to use big words, so they come out like Louis Gohmert. And you just teach Gohmert like the 20 basic words that you would teach, I don't know, a chimp. Um, and he says them or he, he signs them. But and I'm not saying that uh, he's he's smarter than a chimp because he's not. Chimps are very intelligent. Uh, Gohmert is a moron. But he's a reliable Republican. And he's a Freedom Caucus guy. And he loves Merca. And there are – you know, presumably 51% or more of his district <clears throat> who are stupid enough and, and enough like him and dumber than he is to vote for him. But these, they're all the same. Look at that, that table, <coughs> excuse me, that table of, of old white guys uh, who were taking away women's health care. Right. Yep. yep. Well, it's all the same people. It's all the same. And, and all Donald Trump did was learn their vocabulary. Yep. Yep. To yep. con them. Oh, to I can them. say freedom. I yeah. know how to say health care. I know how to say Barack Obama. And I'm going to tell everyone it's going to be easy. Getting what they want is going to be easy. Exactly. And the only thing standing between you is big government, big business, and the radical left. And the radical left. Because it's all – and if you've created an army of lobotomized morons whose brains simply fire on on those cylinders all day long – and all they hear is world net daily bullshit in their head echoing over and over and over mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Insinuating yourself into that world is not hard. No, no. Um, it, the fo- There's a vocabulary, a, a very limited vocabulary yeah. that you will use, a lexicon that's very small. Yep. And that's where, honestly, you know, this is, <laughs> this is, he is their Muad'Dib. Yeah, um, I've yeah. said this before. Donald Trump came one generation too soon mm-hmm. because they worked really hard to turn these tens of millions of people into programmable morons. And in slipped – who so they could put Paul Ryan at the head of a ticket or put right. some other you know, Fox News beholden asshole at the head of the ticket and then – uh, Rupert Murdoch and Roger Ailes could run the the, the world from you know Fox News headquarters. That was the plan. 
But along came this con man who said, oh, I, know, I can do that. Mm-hmm. I just have to do it louder and more spectacularly and more rudely and be more openly racist because these your, your, your core Fox News audience are racist, more misogynistic because they hate women, uh, scream about immigrants and brown people and blame everything on the on the black guy. Shit, I, do I, I don't I don't think he's that conscious. I don't think he's a conscious uh, con man in terms of I'm going to take this template and no. then build upon it. He watches Fox News and yes. believes what they said. He reads Breitbart and believes what they said. Yes, he does. And so the fact he is simply one of them. He's better at lying to the pig people because he's than one anybody of them. else. He is he, a pig person. Exactly. But again, it's all the same brain. It's all the same yeah. brain operating on on the same. And and they they really do feel if they could just lock arms and turn their backs on the rest of the world, they could they could conjure their own reality. Yeah. Where there is no global warming and everything is 1953 and coal jobs are coming back and healthcare will be cheap and plentiful for everyone. And there's a moment in every cult where the end of the world doesn't come yeah. and the Messiah doesn't show up. And yeah. there, that moment is happening right now. But the thing is with Republicans, it happens about every two years. And they just have taught themselves to forget it ever happened. Mm-hmm. And that's why you know there's there's a crying need on the left for a megaphone as big and loud and insistent as the one on the right. That's yep. the one thing we lack. We have everything else. We have everything we need to take these people down. What we don't have is a, is a megaphone that's as big as, as the one they have and as persistent as the one they have because our people are smarter than they are. <laughs> like, orders of magnitude. Um, and the reason we don't have a megaphone is because, precisely because, if you put me or you across from Louis Gohmert, we'd yeah. kill him. I mean, his head yeah. would explode. And so you can't have that. You can't continue the Beltway puppet show with one side obviously smarter and better and willing to put their finger right in Hugh Hewitt's chest and say, no, you're a fucking liar. Yep. yep. And that's what we need. The one thing we really, really have to have is the one thing that the corporate media will never permit. And Absolutely. Anyway, remember, there's only six stories, Lugau. <laughs> Let's finish up with the six stories. Go ahead. All right. Remember, this is from last week and the week before and the week before that. But when you're watching the news, as you watch the Republican Party set fire to itself this week and, and, and the Russia shit happening and we didn't even get to the Comey and Rogers show because that was, what, four months ago? No, yeah, that was right. five days. <laughs> Yeah, five days right. ago. Right. And and Comey really just announcing to everyone that, yes, Donald Trump's under investigation and yep. his his transition team's under investigation. Yep. And uh, no, we never got to that, really. And, no. and but well, he's is, a liar, by the way. By the way, he's also a liar. Yeah. Because nobody ever wiretapped him. No. And, and we have no evidence of that. And we we know for a fact that no one in our office would obey an order from Barack Obama to do that because it's against federal law to do it. Right. And by the way, we are pretty sure Barack Obama knows it's against federal law to do it. And he didn't do it. By the way, he didn't do it. And, and when you and have we, someone in military uniform sitting yeah. next to Comey saying that. No, this didn't happen. It's, it's you know, Nunes was shitting his shorts right then. Well, that's, like, that's the part that that. Everyone, all the the people who sort of are who have been willing to speak semi on the record, yeah. or at least speculate um, knowledgeably, mm-hmm. we're pretty sure that that Devin Nunez didn't see that coming. Yeah. That nobody was prepared for Comey to sit down and say Donald Trump's a fucking liar. Yeah, and yes, he's under investigation, and he's been under investigation since July. Yeah, yeah, and they were not expecting to hear that because the Republican strategy was geared up to do one thing, and that's attack the leakers. Attack the leakers. Terrible, who's terrible who's leakers. leaking? Yep. And you well, know, th- and and that this is what for me is the tragedy. And I'm I'm going to switch gears real quick because I wrote a post this week about a tea, a Tea Party congressman from Michigan who uh, has been avoiding town halls forever. He actually went during Congressional Homework Week. He went to India to avoid going to a town hall. Um, his his constituents got very smart and started holding town halls where they would put a live chicken on the podium in front of the microphone and say, we're going to have this uh, town hall without him, but we want to make sure that everyone knows he's a chicken. Here he is. And local news is happy to cover a chicken, yeah. uh, a live chicken on a podium right there. That's news. That's that's good picture right there. So that got covered, and by the time the fourth or fifth live chicken story was appearing <laughs> on 
on the local news, he was willing to go because old people, old Tea Partiers watch local news. Right? They do. They do. Listen to local radio. They watch <sighs> local news. So he decides to hold this Tea Party. Uh, tea Party. Town he hall. decides to hold this town hall. Yeah. And it is full of angry people with red cards and they hold up the red cards when they disagree with him. And he's saying, uh, you know, that he supports the president and they hold up the red cards. And he said, I want an increase. I feel the military is weak and I want an increased military budget. This was after the whole Meals on Wheels cut thing came through and people are really mad about that. Uh-huh. And they're holding up their red cards. Well, they caught his staff on hot mic after walking out and his staff is saying to them, boy, are we going to slam these uh, liberals? These paid Soros protesters. Booing, well, they they didn't say that. They just said, yeah. we're going to slam these liberals because they booed at the military. Right. They booed the military. They, they booed hate the this military. Country. They hate this un-American crap. We're going to get them for that. Uh-huh. You go to Daily Caller, leftist activists boo military. Right. You go this this congressman goes on Fox and Friends. Wow, it must have been really upsetting to you to sit there and support the military on a stage and have the whole audience of leftist activists boo you. And it's a machine. It is a machine designed to regurgitate that kind of slander against citizens of this country. Mm -hmm. You and me. The people that were in that audience and the people that were kind of snarky about it were like, wow, I looked at that audience. It's mostly like 60 year old grandmothers. Right. You know, they don't look like they're paid leftists, but the word leftist, I-S-T, uh-huh. was used over and over and over again in a circle of we're going to repeat this until it's seen as true by our mm-hmm. numb nut viewers. Right. Uh, so the fact that this cowardly congressman was forced to be in front of his constituents, by the way, he had his town hall at... 8.30 in the morning on a snowy Saturday <laughs> in a hall that was uh, held 450 people. There were a thousand people that showed up to this thing on a Saturday morning at 8.30. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they were outside, you know, making videos for YouTube of these are all the people that our congressman doesn't want to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then <laughs> there was a comment at uh, Facebook, a guy who, you know, clearly was telling the truth honest said i have been on the phone trying to reach this congressman's office and talked to people on his staff and offered them a high school auditorium that holds 1500 people right and i arranged for it and i got it for him for free for on a sunday afternoon when he could come and hold a town hall and i made all the arrangements said let me know if you can do it i'm willing to make all of the, do all the legwork to make sure this happens for for the congressman and they wouldn't do it because their people aren't in control of it. Right. So, uh, hey, speaking of speaking of Congress people, mm-hmm. our congressman <laughs> was on TV this morning. He was on the TV. He doesn't hold town hall meetings because he's a coward. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, and he sees what happens to people. And he is uh, our congressman is Rodney Davis. Mm-hmm. Rodney he's Davis, now in the junior whip. He's a junior he whip. He's he's a he's a junior whip. He's in charge of, of whipping those votes. And he is a local hayseed. Okay. He's a not, 2010 people. Yeah, he's a not terribly bright, go along to get along, glass of you know room temperature skim milk. Haircut. Uh, and and he's now one hand. of Paul Ryan's favorite boys, though, now. Yeah, well, he's, yeah. he goes along to get along. And, he's, yeah. and he uh, got his seat basically bequeathed to him. And he's a uh, and, and you know what? In any uh, the problem with being a Springfield Republican mm-hmm. is that you really do change your um, position. You change your coloration depending on your environment. Yeah. And Rodney Davis is just as he, he was, he's a boring, not very bright, nobody haircut. Yep. And he has been suddenly transplanted <laughs> into a uh, Trump world. Yeah. So now, now he has to become bright orange. Yeah, so yeah. today he was on the TV machine. Yesterday, uh, the other local congressman, um, uh, Darren LaHood. Yeah. Uh, there was a protest in front of his office, and uh, he was in Washington, and people were yelling, and I was there. And, and it was by fun. the way, just a, just a little local color, the, his office is the former office of Aaron Shock. Yes. Yes, they the, the very very colorful, <laughs> very colorful, totally, very not, totally not gay. Aaron Shock, no, yes, very, yes, very festive office. Who had, who had the guy who had the uh, his entire office in D.C. redecorated in Downton Abbey? Yeah, um, motif. Yes, that guy. Yeah, and who was you know Paul Ryan's workout buddy? Right, we're P ninety X buddies, aren't we? Buddies for life, buddy. Yeah. 
So you you get and, and here's and this is true of Davis and Nunez and the rest of them. Uh, and I'm not the first person to say this. I think actually Lawrence O'Donnell said this. Mm-hmm. Um, they're in so far over their heads. Yep. They have no idea how to pass legislation. They have no idea how to count votes. They have no idea how to how to craft legislation. They don't because they don't give a shit about government. No one ever asked them to actually do governing mm-hmm. their entire fucking career. Yep. They just show up and do what their leadership tells them and and, and, and you know denounce angrily Barack Obama, mm-hmm. who isn't there anymore. So sad face for them. Mm-hmm. And and now they're they're running things and they don't know what the hell they're doing. So Rodney Davis was just on television, blinking furiously, lying through his teeth to his mm-hmm. constituents. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. believe me, we called and his lines are all busy. And I don't believe in my heart of hearts it's because of all the attaboys he's getting from the people of Illinois 13th mm-hmm. who were working. Well, and, 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 I, and I hate to say this, Dr. Glass, but this goes back to the um, fact that they have designed a political party that likes to elect not a politician. Yes. You, I like him because he's not a politician. Yeah, but you, you know, know what? That's you, can, you could elect a doctor who's smart. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you could elect. I like a, him because he's not a politician. You know, I want you to have not a dentist drill your teeth. Yeah. Okay. There are qualifications. There are skills and skill sets that you need to have in order to be a successful legislator. That doesn't mean that going on Fox News and stringing together four sentences about how Barack Obama is a Kenyan usurper designed to destroy America mm-hmm. and Donald Trump is Mr. President. Yeah. You know, that that's the qualifications. Right. And I'm looking I mean, the, the, like you said, Lawrence O'Donnell did a segment on on Nunes this week about how, look, he may be a very nice guy. He went to community college. Sure. He got his degree in agriculture. Nothing you know, wrong with any of He these. inherited his dad's farm. Right. And he got, because he has this big farm that generates revenue in this district that is dominated by agriculture, he gets in good with his congressman, uh-huh. who is chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee, Republican head of the House Ways and Means Committee. Right. And so... He's buddy-buddy with that guy who picks him to be his successor when he retires. Because he, he's got a nice haircut, and he can right. string together four sentences. Right, yeah. And rural California, one of my colleagues at Crooks and Liars calls his district the armpit of California. <laughs> he said, I didn't, I didn't make him live in the armpit of California. No. I didn't make him do that. No. Um, but then you've got, so you've got him on the committee, on the Intelligence Committee, with Adam Schiff, right? Stanford University, 1982, Harvard Law School, 1985, uh-huh. a prosecutor who knows in, something in about the government court system. Yeah, you know, has been in a court system uh-huh. where he has, you know, tried cases, looked at evidence, <laughs> knows what, and here is uh, Nunes doesn't know what to do. He, he, and and so what did he do? He went running to his leadership. And then he went running to his real boss, who's Donald Trump. Donald Trump, his his and, uh, yep. his keeper. Yep. Uh, he is a. He, these are all creatures. These are all authoritarian types. Well, authoritarian... and that's that's what is so sad is that Paul Ryan is running to the White House to beg Trump to pull the bill. Oh, by the way, breaking news. Yeah. Uh, it looks like they pulled the bill. They pulled the bill. It looks like what time is, is it? This is CNN. Gonna... It's, it's quarter to three uh, Central right. Time. I was supposed to be back at work at 44 minutes ago, so I'm sorry. <laughs> we're gonna get there. We're gonna get we're, there, but um, it, it's kind of a wild and busy day. Uh, we haven't even gotten to the 100 FBI agents who apparently are looking into the uh, Trump stuff, which uh, is which none of them had better be from the New York office. No, you know, up there, up there, masturbating to Clinton cash, and uh, yeah. Hey, tell so us another story, Rudy. <laughs> Tell us another story, Rudy. Exactly. Uh-huh. But the, hey. the, uh, let me write down the six basic stories. These are the, this is how you these are the template you overlay over the news to see if anything slips through. And and I guarantee you it won't at least until the major underpinnings change. The party of Trump is trying to gut health care and apparently failing to try to screw uh, the middle class and elderly to make tax cuts possible. Billions of tax cuts for the people who actually own them. Vladimir Putin massively interfered in the American presidential election on behalf of Donald Trump and his cronies. That's just a fact. Donald Trump and his cronies are the wholly owned stooges of Vladimir Putin. Some of them might be unwilling stooges or unwitting stooges, but they're all owned. They're all deeply compromised up their armpits. Donald Trump and his cronies cannot stop lying about everything all the time. And if anything, (laughs) Sean Spicer last week has just been lying his ass off. 
every time one of these people opens their mouth, every time they, they try to talk their way out of some shithole they got themselves into, uh, from Nunez to to uh, to Spicer uh, to Trump, it, it, it comes out gibberish. They're just lying, and they lie all the time. Um, part, uh, story number five, the party in Trump is so desperate to gut health care, they will look the other way. They will look away as Vladimir Putin's stooges run the White House because they'd much rather have tax cuts and a Russian stooge in the White House than no tax cuts and no Russian stooge. And six, and most importantly, the base of the party, the base of the party, the, the base of the party that's been built by Fox News for the last 20 years is either too fucked in the head stupid or too in love with the idea of being a foot soldier in the fascist party to care about any of the things I've just said at all. And a PS to that. Uh, James Comey, uh, multiple times on Monday, said he was not willing to speak about individuals. He didn't have that problem last October. Nope, he sure as hell didn't. A shout out to our local drinking liberally crew. A shout out to our dr- local drinking liberally crew. We love you guys. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Each week we post to our Facebook page and website and Internet Kitty sent in by you, the listeners. This week's Internet Kitty is Kenny McCormick. Kenny has a marvelous face. Uh, he was a foster c- kitten who was rescued from a parking lot. So, you know, he's awesome. You need to go see. The, he's just got such a putch on him. He's such got <laughs> such a little putch. He's so expressive. He looks like Alan Rickman if Alan Rickman were a cat. Uh-huh. All right. So go and look at uh, Kenny's beautiful picture at our Facebook page and website. We love Kenny, and we uh, so appreciate you sending Kenny to us. You can send your internet kitty to us at our email address, proleftpodcast at gmail.com, or you can also write to both of us. Feel free to write us. We love hearing from you. Be aware that if you write us at any of our addresses, we reserve the right to read your email or U.S. Postal Service. Go Postal Unions! Letter on the air unless you say otherwise. Don't forget our gourmet coffee guideline. If you can afford to buy an espresso-based beverage for yourself, buy one for us. And don't forget our Amazon link at our website. We believe in buying local. And we also believe in shopping Amazon with our link if your alternative is a big box store. Approximately 1% of our listeners support this podcast with a contribution, and you can too. And thank you to everyone who sent in a contribution this week. We've gotten quite a few, and we really appreciate it. We do. See our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com, for details. Both our PayPal and postal address information is there at professionalleft.blogspot.com. We did mention our sponsors. You think Let's, we should? You pick one sponsor. Which one do you want to You know, I, I, everyone's, I like Triffitt's Flowers. You do? There's a special day and Triffitt's Flowers, Triffitt's Flowers, delivery is free, but you won't like it. <laughs> Please share our show on Facebook and Twitter and other social media outlets. We so appreciate that. Hey, Drift Class, how are the Internet Kitties doing this week? Well, Blue Gal, on the matter of who pooped outside the litter box, Sean Spicer is not ruling anything in or out. Let's think about living. Think about living. Let's think about loving. Think about loving. Let's think about the hooping and the humping and the popping and the loving, loving, loving. Let's forget about the whining and the crying, the shooting and the dying and the fellow and the switchblade knife. Let's think about living. Left Podcast is recorded under a Creative Commons license. Copyright 2017, Drift Class, Blue Gal Podcast.